This is Random Discourse, the podcast. college football show, uh, show with Random Discourse Podcast. I got Brian with me. Uh, what's going on, Brian? Hey, how's it going? And, of course, we got Eric. Eric, you mad? Uh, no. Nope. Okay. Okay. It's going to be a good show. Eric's not mad. We might be on to something. So, we might as well just hop right into it. I was just saying before we started recording that I, I don't think I can trust Rich Rod again, man. Arizona let me down, and I don't know whether to think week one was for the pack. I shouldn't even say I said week one. I'm sorry, not week one, but this past weekend, this past Saturday for Arizona. I don't know if Arizona let me down, if the Pac-12 let me down, or if the Pac-12 did good because Utah, UCLA, and USC all look dominant. But the teams they beat were all Pac-12 teams that looked like absolute trash. I, I, I'm not sure what what to think about the Pac-12. What what, what do you think, Eric? Um, I I think you saw some good teams playing ball. Um, I actually think Utah um, has made a, a bit of a believer out of me. I was kind of on the cuffs uh, with them. Um, I, I'm looking at UCLA and, and the Arizona game, and honestly. Um, it, it was the perfect storm, like Brian said, man. I think they – I don't want to say caught them off guard, but um, I think they got up on them early, you know, forced them into some early turnovers, hurt the quarterback, and just couldn't get back into the game. Uh, you know, and, and USC, you know, I, I don't I don't know. I, I thought USC was a good team, uh, you know, before, you know, but uh, they just ran into to, to Stanford, who played a little bit more physical than them the week before. And, uh, you know, came out with something to prove against Arizona State. So, I mean, I think you just saw, uh, I don't want to say a shift in powers, but maybe an establishment of powers in the in the Pac-12. And that does not include Arizona, Oregon, or, or Arizona State. I mean, I, I guess we have to give Arizona, some, cut them some slack just for the sheer fact that they did, they did lose that game without their quarterback. Now, <clears throat> I know they were down when Solomon got hurt, but – in the second half, it, it could have really made a difference. I, I, I doubt it, but it could have. So we we have to to cut them a little slack. But um, yeah, I think we gotta we gotta cut them some slack because of course they didn't have their leader on the defensive side as well. Scooby Wright got hurt um, at some point in that ball game, and when you lose that emotional leader like him, it seemed like they never got their footing defensively. Uh, a new Solomon. I mean, I think if he plays after that first quarter, if he plays the second, third, and fourth. They may, they make a comeback and have some confidence. One stat that I thought was interesting was the total yardage difference was only it was 497 to 468. So Arizona moved the football. It's just when they got in the red zone, they were kicking field goals and turning the ball over. Whereas in UCLA was getting touchdowns every time they got in the red zone. So they got to finish. They got to finish drives. That's the biggest thing that you got to do when you have uh, you got an offense like that. Yeah, I will say that Randall kid is pretty impressive though. That stepped in for Arizona. He's quick. I don't know how great of a passer he is, but he he, he sure can run that zone read. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's a good time to be a Texas North Tennessee fan. 
And Texas, it hasn't been a good time to be a fan of Texas in the past couple of seasons. But Tennessee, right now, Tennessee is really hurting. Um, they to, – to lose to Oklahoma like you did when dominating them and then to turn around and lose a heartbreaker to Florida, I, I, I don't know if Butch Jones is going to be able to keep his job after that. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, Bush Jones. He, he, I would say his seat isn't hot, but it's, it's starting. They just turned the, they turned the burner on now. Because oh, are you serious? You can, you don't think it's hot? I don't think it's hot yet because the the they've they've invested in him and he, they know that they've got a young team, and I think that they're going to give him at least till next year as long as he gets to a bowl game this year. But the other thing I'll say is he still has a great opportunity in the SEC. I mean, Florida they lost that game, and and you got to think that Georgia that'll be a tough game. But the other five teams in in the East: Kentucky, South Carolina, Vanderbilt. They should be able to handle the, the likes of those teams. If they get to seven or eight wins, I think his job is safe. And they'll say, you know what? You got Josh Shops coming back next year for the junior season. We'll see what you can do next year. Uh, but I'm with you. I mean, losing the heartbreakers and being up in the fourth quarter by double digits, you've got to learn to finish football games. And his play calling, his conservative nature in the fourth quarter, it's got to be driving Tennessee fans nuts. I wouldn't even say just the fourth quarter. He was conservative in that Oklahoma game and the Florida game in the second half period. So I think that 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 contributed a whole lot to them losing both of those leads. But what do you think is going on in Texas, Eric? Do you think it's them learning? How, it, it, it's that young team needing to learn how to win, especially with that young quarterback. Or do you think they're just a bad team altogether? Because it's a sign that that Charlie Strong program is coming together by them being competitive into the fourth quarter of games because they, ha- they weren't that the last couple of seasons. I, I, I'll acknowledge this. I actually haven't gotten a really good look at Texas um, start to finish. But from what I can see, it just seems like they're losing games in the fourth quarter. Um, and a team like that just sounds like a young team that's that's on the cusp. But I think it's, it's Texas. They, they got the talent. Um, you know, we both know Carly, or we all know that Charlie Strong is a good coach. Um, I, I just want to say right now, man, they're just a young team, man. They, it's, it's a similar situation to Tennessee, man. They're just not finishing ball games. They're right there. Um, they're competitive with everybody they played except for Notre Dame. Um, so it's not – I don't think they're a bad football team. Um, in terms of talent, they have the talent to compete. It's just, you know, making the mental mistakes, you know, that they're making right now. They just need to clean it up. Okay. I, I, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. And and that is a sign of a young team that when, when they do make those type of simple mental mistakes. Those are correctable mistakes. It, it's not like, you know, they're just out there committing, committing dumb penalties and, yeah. and causing them to lose games. Um, it was so – Eric, tell me what else stood stood out to you from these this week's past games. Well, you, you know, you I, I mentioned that. Mine. Uh, my mine mine was actually going to be um, the 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 Pac-12 and the in the shift of powers, but um, if if I won't go there, um, I guess I could go to Leonard Fournette, man, and you know just how, how dominant he's continued to be. Um, you know this 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 Heisman Trophy races is heating up quite a bit, and um, I, I think he's spearheading it, and he's giving LSU a pretty good chance uh, to come out of the, the, the SEC West. He, he is, he, and and he's providing – I mean, I, I said it last week, but he's providing uh, the, the Harris kid a lot of cushion to be able to grow up as a quarterback in that LSU and Cam Cameron offense. So um, what what what's something that stood out to you, Brian? 
Uh, to me, it was the two teams that played an opening night Thursday um, in a pretty good game. Michigan lost to Utah 24-17. to And both of those teams since then have just been absolutely dominant. What, what Utah did in Austin Stadium on Saturday night, I, I'm rarely left shocked in the college football when I'm watching the game. I was completely shocked watching that football game. And then watching Michigan completely shut out a BYU offense that had been averaging 400 yards a game and 30 points per game. Um, I think that hardball attitude is really taking shape in, uh, in Ann Arbor. So those are the two teams and two situations that really stood out to me. As both of those teams go into conference play, they're definitely the two teams to be reckoned with in the Big Ten and Pac-12. I agree. And you know what? I owe both of you both of you an apology. I saw a stat that said that the win over Utah was Michigan's largest win over a ranked opponent in the history of their program. So, and the reason I say I owe you both an apology, well, primarily, Brian, is that it's you said you stated that this was a statement game for <laughs> Michigan. And I and I and I disagree. And you know what? I I will I will say I apologize. And I and you know what? You're actually right. This was a statement game, not only for Jim Harbaugh, but for that Michigan program to let you know that hey, it's not got not going to be any easy wins, and we come to play ball. Yeah. So Eric, you mentioned Leonard Fournette in this Heisman Trophy race, man. We 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 might as well get into. Get into that now because it we're in we're deep in the season. I don't want to say deep in the season, but we're deep enough into the season where we know who the Heisman hopefuls are and who the Heisman wannabes are. So, give me your top three Heisman hopefuls in a in a dark horse. Um. Well, well, my top three right now, I I, I want to say is is probably everybody's top three, but um, I'll just go for it. I, I got Leonard Fournette, uh, obviously out of LSU, who's just a, a man amongst children right now. Um, in the best conference in, in college football. Um, next, I would have to go with Nick Chubb, who's not too far behind. Um, I feel like he's he's maybe just a big boy amongst little boys. You know what I'm saying? Um, he's not quite Leonard Fournette, but uh, still a dominant back, still somebody you need to need to game plan for every week. And then Trayvon Boykin. I mean, you know, you, you're talking about a team. I think he's carrying that team right now, um, you know, with, with a lot of people injured on the defense. I think uh, seven starters out um, on the defense right now. Um, they're, they're winning ball games with their offense and him and that wide receiver. I can't think of his name right now, but uh, their awesome. connection on yeah, their, their their connection on Saturday was was something I haven't seen in a while. Um, so he he would be my my third guy. Um, a, a true dark horse, I guess, um, for me would be Paul Perkins out of UCLA. Um, he he's been pretty dominant on the ground. I say I say dark horse because he's not as dominant as uh, say Leonard Fournette and, and Nick Chubb, but. Um, he, he's been doing pretty good. It's a quarterback, you know, driven league. It's a quarterback sport. Um, in the sport of quarterbacks, I got to go with the running backs right now. So I'm going to go uh, Paul Perkins. I think this is this is the year of the running back. And I think we're going to see this for a couple of seasons. And, and, and you'll see that transition into the NFL as well. But uh, who are yours, Brian? So two of ours are the same. Uh, I definitely have Leonard Fournette at the top. I can't imagine any list that doesn't have him up top. 631 yards, eight touchdowns. He's third in the nation in rushing, and he's played one less game than everybody else. Um, number two might be a little bit of a surprise to some people. I've got Jared Goff, the quarterback out of Cal. Um, he's thrown for 1,300 yards, 11 touchdowns, and he has two what I would call signature wins for the Cal program. He went into Texas, put up 45 points and won, and just went into, into Washington last weekend and won. Um, I, I wouldn't say he's a front runner yet. He's just number two on my list because he's got an opportunity the next six or seven weeks. He's got Utah. UCLA, USC, and Oregon um, in a four-game stretch coming up in October. So he can really put himself on the map 
Um, so I just want to keep an eye on him. And number three, I've also got Trayvon Boykin. You've already touched on everything. He's carrying that football team. And I think he's the most versatile quarterback in the country right now. Then my dark horse is going to be the quarterback out of uh, Bowling Green, actually. I'm going to give some love to the Mac. Um, I got Matt Johnson out of Bowling Green. Yeah, he's actually thrown for 1,760 yards and 13 touchdowns. He's had over 400 yards in all four games passing. And he's got two road wins against big big power five teams. He won at Maryland and at Purdue. So I want to give the Mac a little bit love. So I got Matt Johnson as my dark horse. You know what? I'm not going to rehash anything that anybody's already said about mine. I have Leonard Fournette. I got Nick Chubb. I got Trayvon Boykin. I mean, nobody can argue that. But one person I think that's getting overlooked and should be getting some Heisman love is C.J. Process out of uh, Notre Dame. He He's carrying that team and that offense and making it, 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 it. It is another running back, but he, he is helping Notre Dame uh, – ease the woes of missing uh, Malik Zaire. And for some reason, I can't even think of the kid's name um, that's the quarterback now, but he's helping him a lot. And for him to to, to, tra- to, to transition, yes, Kaiser, Desan Kaiser. Thank you, Eric. Uh, but for him to transition from a wide receiver to running back in his senior season and to put up the type of numbers that he has, I mean, it's pretty phenomenal. He, he's putting up six. He's he's rushed for six hundred yards eight, at eight yards a clip with six touchdowns. Those are those are the same type of stats that Nick Chubb and Leonard Fournette are putting up. So I mean, I I, I think he is a true dark horse because nobody's even thinking about him in in that Heisman race. So we know who our Heisman candidates are, and we know who's fake and who's real and who's still yet to be untested as far as teams in the college football season. So I guess it's it's forecasting who we think is going to make the playoffs as of, as it stands right now with what we've seen from these teams. I mean, who do you have as your four teams in as of this week, Brian? Yeah, this is a, this is always a great discussion, especially early in the year. Um, it's kind of a lot of forecasting going on. You kind of got to look at the schedule, see how it lines up for all these teams. But uh, right now, my one seed, I got Ohio State. I just don't see them having too many challenges outside of Michigan and Michigan State. Um, number two, um, I do actually have Alabama in there. I'm going to give roll ties and love. I think this is – they're very similar to – they remind me completely of Ohio State last year. They got a young quarterback who didn't have a lot of experience. They lose an early game at home. I think that team is going to build and build week by week. They've got a marquee game against LSU coming up, Mississippi State. They've got that Auburn game late, which looks like it'll be a win for them. So I think Alabama's going to climb back up the polls and end up. I, 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 think, I think they'll end up being in the uh, playoffs. The next one pains me to say I got to go with uh, just looking at the schedule and looking at the defense. I got to put Florida State in there right now. I, I really don't see a loss on their schedule. At Clemson's going to be a tough game. At Florida is going to be a tough game late in the season. But if I'm really being honest with myself, they should be favored in both of those games. So, I mean, if they hold serve, especially with their defense, I like Florida State's chances. And then lastly, I've got USC. I think they had a really bad matchup against Stanford. I think they'll run the table the rest of the regular season based on what I saw Saturday night out of Cody Kessler. And then they would probably have a rematch with Stanford in the Pac-12 championship. And then I expect them to win the rematch. It's tough to beat a team twice in the same season. So, for me, i got Ohio State, Alabama, Florida State, and USC. So you're just discrediting Utah right now in that uh, Pac-12 conference. I mean, and from what you saw Saturday night, you were really discrediting them in that conference. I'm just putting that out there. 
Fair enough. I mean, they, if they go into USC in a couple weeks and beat USC, I'll, I'll change my playoffs. I'll change my I'm predictions gonna, at that point. I'm going to tell you this. If, why wouldn't they think they could go into USC right now and win in a couple of weeks if they just went into Austin Stadium and did it and do it? Uh, so, Eric, who do you have? Um, I'm, I, I share Brian's sentiments with Ohio State. Don't really see too much uh, trouble right there. Um, the next team I look at is actually Ole Miss, uh, my, my good old friends Ole Miss. Um, I kind of think they'll run the table. I, I think they're the toughest games left right now are at Texas A&M and LSU, and they both have them at home. Uh, so right now, at the moment, um, I, I, I'll give that. I'll give that to Ole Miss. Unlike Brian, I'm gonna go with Utah. Call me a prisoner of the moment, but I'm gonna go with Utah. Um, I think they out Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh. And they played a, a tough physical brand of football that I think that USC had trouble with, obviously, with Stafford. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Utah right now coming out of um, of the Pac-12. And look at him, man. I, I'm not a big fan of this uh, of this team at all. But uh, Notre Dame, man. Uh, Notre Dame has has gone through some, some turmoil early in the season. Got a big win this week at Clemson. Um, I think they can pull it off. I don't want to give too much away in, in, in the prediction category, but I think Notre Dame can get it done, and I think they can run the table the rest of the year. If, if they do suffer a loss, I think they'll have enough uh, on the schedule to, to, to maybe sneak in there at that, at that number four seat. So I'm going to go Ohio State, Ole Miss, Utah, Notre Dame for now. Okay. I guess we all, we're all in agreement with number one at, at Ohio State. My number two team is actually TCU. And I know they haven't been as in, as convincing um, these first couple of weeks, these first few weeks, I should say. But, I mean, I don't think Trayvon Boykin wants to have a rehash of what happened last season where you have such a great season and you get, you get stuck on the outside looking in. So I have them at my number two, two team. I have Alabama at my number three seed because – they have an excellent test with Georgia this week. And I'm not going to give away my pick, but I just think the way the season lines up for them and knowing Nick Saban and how they lost to Ole Miss, I just think you're going to see a different Alabama team for the, the remainder of the season. And you know what, Brian? We're kind of in agreement. Florida State is flying under the radar, man. They have the sixth best defense in the nation. This remind this defense honestly reminds you of those, one of those 90 defenses under Bobby Bowden. They have a lot of talent all over the place. And right now, Jimbo Fisher is smart enough to know that Everett Golson is a game manager. He's not going to win me games like Brian Kelly wanted in no, at Notre Dame. I just want you to go out there, run this game plan. We have an excellent running back who should be in Heisman talk as well in Dalvin Cook. Yep. And complete pitch and catch with these wide receivers. And let's see what happens. And, and trust and rely that our defense is going to play discipline, what they did not do last season, and, and win some games. And so they round out that 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 they round out my right now my uh, top four. I just don't think Clemson is as good as people want to make them seem. So you think TCU got enough on on defense to get it done in the, in the, in the Big 12 right now? I think they have enough on offense to score with anybody. And they, that's the big thing. They, they've proven that last year that defense doesn't matter in the Big 12. 
And, I mean, every Big 12 school proved that defense does not matter. I don't think they believe in defense right now in the Big 12. And they, and they do. At TCU has Baylor and Oklahoma at home, right? Yeah. I think they – yeah. That, that so definitely that, that's big for them. Yeah. Don't sleep on West Virginia, man. I'm not sleeping on West Virginia, man. We're actually going to talk about West Virginia a little later, and you can give a shout-out to your boy. Oh, no question. So, you uh, uh, might as well look look ahead to this Saturday's games in, in week five. Uh, the number one game on the schedule coming up for me is Notre Dame at Clemson. And it w- I went back and forth between Alabama and Georgia and Notre Dame and Clemson. And I think Notre Dame and Clemson is more interesting to me because I want to know what Clemson is as a team. I mean, Right now, Clemson's last home loss was to Florida State, and we all remember that home loss. That was a shellacking. And the la- and that was really the last time they had a game of that magnitude on their home field until this upcoming Saturday. And they've won 11 straight, but none have been against ranked teams. And I'm just trying to, to, to figure out if Dabo Swinney is going to allow his – his Clemson Tigers to lay another egg at home in in a in a game that they must win against a ranked opponent. Um, what are you seeing here? Um, Clemson has a phenomenal defense. Uh, they have a great defense. The problem is we haven't seen them against anybody worth talking about. Um, I, I don't want to give Louisville too much credit. Um, I think Louisville will be a team to reckon with um, sooner than later in the ACC. Um, eventually, but right now, you know, going through a coaching transition, I, I don't really uh, look look too much at them. And um, you know, but but Clemson, Clemson is uh, twelve and zero when holding teams under twenty points. I think that's the magic number um, in in this week's game. But Notre Dame has been through so much adversity, man. They're such a tough team. They they've overcome so much so far. I don't I don't see why this week would be any different. You know, so I mean, right now without. Without even going into you, you talked about uh, the running back, and he's averaging like 150 yards a game. Uh, you know, we got Deshaun Kinzer and you know him hooking up to CJ Fuller. I mean, they, they got a pretty good team. Uh, so I, I don't know, man. I'm looking at Notre Dame. I, I, I like the toughness, even on the road uh, to go on the uh, Death Valley and maybe still, still one. I mean, that's going to be interesting. Um, I mean, um, I, I'm just trying to figure out Notre Dame on the road has lost their last four games against ranked opponents, Brian on the road. And they're on the road again against this Clemson team. And that hasn't boded boded well for, you know, Brian Kelly. I'm just trying to see, does he have an answer for these road roads against ranked opponents? You know, I think if you would have asked me three weeks ago, I would have liked Notre Dame's chances here. And y'all know how I talk. I'm all about the quarterbacks. Um, To me, quarterback experience in these games, what it's all about. Freshmen on the road scare scare the heck out of me. I mean, it's a night game, Death Valley. We've all seen that pregame atmosphere. They're going to show it on ABC this Saturday night. Those buses going to roll up. Those guys going to run down Howard's Rock. And my question is, is Deshaun Kaiser, does he know what that's going to feel like? I feel like in that Virginia game on the road, he didn't have the time to think about being a quarterback. Like, Zaire got hurt, and the coach said, go run the play. He didn't have time to process, I'm the guy now. Now he's got to think about this environment, think about going in here, and the magnitude of this game. Now, I do think that Notre Dame defense will keep them in this game, but I think a, the, the unit that's getting overlooked is the Clemson defense, and Eric kind of touched on it. They got playmakers on that side of the ball. McKenzie Alexander at cornerback, I think he's the best sophomore cornerback 
in the in, in the in the in the entire country. He's a big physical guy. I love J. Ron Curse at safety. I love uh, Shaq Lawson at defensive end. I mean, they have an elite defense. And but as, as Eric said, this will be their their biggest test so far. The question is, who wins out? The, the Clemson defense, or does the playmakers and Deshaun Kaiser's young quarterback is he able to make enough plays and not turn the ball over to give his team a chance? I will say this: that who, what what team, whichever team wins this game, I mean, it's going to boost the uh, chances and standing of either Procier or Watson in the in the Heisman race. I, I, mm-hmm. That I do know. So we got Georgia and Alabama playing each other. That this is number two game. I mean, I really these games are like one A and one B, and then everything else is like three, four, five, and. It's their first meeting since that 2012 SEC championship game. And I'm not sure if you remember that, but Georgia came in with a lot of hype in that game as possibly being able to knock off Alabama. We all know how it ended up, but they came into a lot of hype in that game. And Alabama under Nick Saban is 32 and 14 versus ranked opponents, whether home, on the road, neutral site, 32 and 14. Now, do you realize that Almost a quarter of his games came in the of losses to ranked opponents came in his first season when they went seven and six. I mean, I since then, yeah, three of the three games out of the fourteen he lost in. He's he's done it twice, but I mean, the, he went five and three that that season against ranked opponents. I mean, who can you who can you blame doing that? I mean, I just want to know if. I don't even want to know. I know Nick Saban is going to have those boys ready to come in and play against Georgia on the road. And I'm not sure if Mark Richt, who's had a a history of letdown games, is going to be able to get Georgia up and ready. What do you think, Eric? You know, the the, the obvious matchup to look at here is um, this this mighty Alabama defense um, against Nick Chubb in that that Georgia Georgia run game, um, what I think actually is going to be the key more than anything is how Alabama and Jake Coker um, how are they going to perform on offense and if they're going to be able to establish the run against a pretty good Georgia defense who nobody is really looking at as well. Um, I, th- I think that's that's probably the, the the more of the marquee matchup for me. I think the obvious you know, kind of takes care of itself. And, and you know, whoever gets that done more than likely will win the game. But um, it, it, it comes down to Alabama's offense, man. Are, are they going to be able to establish Henry? Um, is Jake Coker going to turn the ball over at a, at a raucous Georgia crowd? Uh, that That's what I'm looking at. And this game is at 12 o'clock, too, between the hedges at Georgia. I think they moved it to 3.30. They moved it to 3.30? Okay, but it's still an early game. Yeah. And which is – Pretty interesting. They get that CBS 330 matchup. You know, everybody's going to be tuned in all the way for that. I think they move, what, L- Ole Miss L- uh, Florida to the, the 7 o'clock game on ESPN, yeah. and they have Alabama-Georgia there. Um, you, you brought up an interesting point, Eric, in that nobody's talking about this Georgia defense, but they have two excellent pass rushes, which kind of reminds me of what's going on in, in Kansas City if we're making a, a parallel to, you know, professional – with those two outside linebackers in uh, Floyd and see I, the, uh, the, the the young man's name it, it, it escapes me, but with with those two, Alabama struggles in the offense in, in the passing game. I mean, it, 
they have the chance to create a whole lot of havoc, wouldn't you say, Brian? Oh, absolutely. And I think I think Georgia, um, they are they're kind of they've been known to have pretty good outside linebackers and defensive ends for a long time. I like their defense. I like their their defense ability to, to be able to make plays in this game. Um, I just wonder who's gonna who's gonna stop Derrick Henry. I mean, nobody's done it yet. And even against Ole Miss when they got behind, I mean, I think he still had over 100 yards that game, even though they were passing quite a bit in the second half. Um, to me, though, I want to just real quickly touch on the other running back, Nick Chubb, and that offensive line against the front seven of Bama. Eric already kind of touched on it, but. Alabama's front seven and defense in general is only giving up 57 yards a game on the ground. And even against Ole Miss, when they lost that game, they still only gave up 90 yards total rushing. And you would think a team that's leading the game by 20 points in the second half is going to be able to run the ball more effectively. Alabama's front seven shuts the run down completely. And if they do that on Saturday, even if they shut it down a little bit, the question is, can Grayson Lambert, this new quarterback from Georgia, is he dynamic enough to challenge Alabama's secondary? Because in order to beat Alabama, you've got to challenge secondary. Cardell Jones did it. Johnny Manziel did it. Um, Chad Kelly actually did it earlier this year. Is Grayson Lambert in that talent level to challenge Alabama's secondary? And if not, I think it could get ugly for Georgia, honestly. I would say uh, this is a question. You you, you pose an uh, excellent question, but I would say that I wouldn't say if it's Grayson Lambert. I would say are the Georgia wide receivers talented enough to challenge the yeah. Alabama cornerback? cornerbacks because even in that old miss game we we all agree that chad kelly looked subpar in that game and that his wide receivers did most of the heavy lifting to make him look as good as he did um but don't discredit just because alabama puts up the pretty stats in the rushing game nobody's been able to stop nick chubb since he's told it since he became the starter for georgia or he started a georgia game i mean he's rushed for what 12 straight games he's had over 100 yards and that's nothing to sneeze at. I mean, you that just doesn't happen, you know, because we've played weak opponents. They, they, he did this against SEC competition. Granted, it wasn't somebody who we said Alabama's caliber, but still, SEC talent is SEC talent. And I don't think Alabama is going to be able to stop not only Nick Chubb, but you have Nick um, – Jesus – I just lost what that what the uh, Keith Marshall and uh, yes, thank you, Brian. Yes, you Tony, got Tony Michelle, Michelle. Yeah, you have that triple headed monster that they keep running at you within that Georgia offense, and I just don't know if you know you add in sprinkling a little play action pass on that Alabama defense if they have enough to you know to to stop Georgia. But that you that know, is you know to, to be determined. I'm a, I, I, well, I'm gonna say this. I mean, the, the play action only works if you can establish that run game, and I I, I want to say that's the key for both offenses, man, is establishing mm-hmm. that run game and being able to throw it over the top. I, I agree. I, I agree whole wholeheartedly, Eric. So, Brian, I'm gonna go to you on this one because me and you have me and you share <laughs> you me yeah, and you, you share that. on this. I was one. waiting on this one. You do that. Me and you share on this. I want to hear what y'all got to say about this. You know what? I, I really think that Florida may be getting overlooked because of what happened in these past couple of seasons and under Will Muschamp and how they won really last week, even if you want to go into that last week and how the offenses looked against ranked opponents. We all know Ole Miss has a great defense, right? But I think people fail to realize that Florida's defense might be better than Alabama's. It might be 
overall because Alabama can't stop the pass. Florida stops the pass, and they can stop the run. And Chad Kelly got lucky last week with a couple of those, a, a couple of his throws against subpar cornerbacks. Florida doesn't boast subpar cornerbacks. They boast Jalen Tabor, Vernon Hargraves III, which are two potential first-round cornerbacks. Do you think that Ole Miss will be able to get enough offense together against that Florida defense to win the game? This Again, right? I'll tell you this. I think I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I think I think Florida's gotten a good reputation under Muschamp for having a good defense, but I think people may have thought because he left that defense might not be as good. Um, that secondary is still elite. If you look at the passing stats from last week, Josh Dobbs only had 87 yards passing the whole game. I mean, that secondary is still a shutdown type secondary. And when that defensive line gets going, they they didn't get going early in the game last week, but they got going like mid second quarter. You got Jonathan Bullard, Alex McAllister, the young number two recruit, CC Jefferson. When that defense line gets rocking, you see him kind of look to the crowd, start bouncing up and down a little bit. They're able to bring that edge pressure, and it puts any quarterback under distress. The question is for Chad Kelly, if he's under distress and he tries to force some throws, that Gator defense, that Gator secondary will make him pay. So it's going to be very interesting to see what type of game plan Ole Miss comes in there because they are not a very good running team so far this season. They're not. And just to throw this stat at you before you say anything, Eric, Florida's defense is only allowing 191 passing yards a game. There's not too many other defenses that allow less yards than Florida. So, what you what do you believe in Chad Kelly? Are are you are now are, are you hopping on that that bandwagon of Chad Kelly and Ole Miss? Or, no. or do you are you sticking to your, your your statement that they got lucky against Alabama? Listen, I'm I'm probably gonna be called a hater with my next couple of statements, but uh, I don't think Florida has has played an offense worth me talking about right now. And, and I I do acknowledge I do acknowledge that Florida's defense is phenomenal. They are, and you know I'm big on Florida talent. I love Florida talent, um, but. <laughs> I think this is a tough Ole Miss team. And more than anything, what I think is the, the, the bigger question is, is, is Florida's offense going to be able to move the ball on Ole Miss's defense? We know what Ole Miss's offense can do, and we know how lucky that they've gotten. And, and you know, we, we know that. So my thing is, is if Florida's offense is constantly giving the ball back to Ole Miss's offense, it won't matter how good that defense is. Eventually, they're going to get wore out. Um, so to me, you know, if if Florida's going to win this game, they're going to have to score on defense, if you ask me, because I don't think they have enough offensively to get it done. Uh, they barely got it done against Tennessee, who who should have won. That's two games that Tennessee should have won. Oh, woulda, shoulda, coulda. But that's two games that they should have won, and they lost at the last second. I, Me personally, I, I'm not as high on Florida as you guys. I, I like the defense. I love it. Just show me something this week, and, and then I'll give them some more credit. Okay, I, I you know what I can respect that opinion, and it's it that I wouldn't even say that's a, that that's a hater statement. That's yeah, not that's even fair. a hater statement. That's that's very that's a very fair statement that you made, and you know I just went to Brian because you know we share that Florida love. That's I, you know, I was waiting for it. I, I wanted to hear what y'all had to say about this because I'm like I'm like these dudes gonna come in here like oh man Florida number twenty five. I'm like okay man whatever. Uh, y'all should have seen me on that fourth on that fourth down touchdown pass. Y'all should I did. What? I did a sprint around the yard, man. I had to go outside and burn what? some energy. 
And that, and it was a crazy play, man. That was a phenomenal play. Phenomenal play. It was. It, I mean, that, I think that's a good win for the program. It's not signature. It wasn't right. a statement, but it was a very. It was an excellent win for that Florida program. So, I don't even want to talk about Arizona and Stanford, man. To be honest, I don't. I don't know why we picked this game. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to go. I, honestly, I wanted to go with Mississippi State, Texas A&M, and then somebody yeah. said that neither one. You know, this game was just as good as the, either one of those games were just as good as the other. I'm not going to call if, any names, but that statement was made. If the quarterback, if Arizona's quarterback was healthy, I'd give you that. But you know what? We don't even know if he suffered a concussion or what. It's just it, it's 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 very vague about what his injury is, and I, and I think in some ways that's very shady on Rich Rod. If if your quarterback suffered a concussion, man, say he suffered a concussion, so you know you could get all these guys ready to go. And, and, and quick, quick, hey, quick side note, y'all are real big on Rich Rod. Did y'all see him at Michigan? I, I'm not so, big on Rich Rod. I, I like what he did. At, I like what he's done at Arizona. I'll say that. I can't speak with Brian, but I'll say I like what he's done. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think he's a good coach. I think he deserved another year at Michigan. I don't want to digress too far, but mm-hmm. I think he's good at, at – I mean, he's an offensive genius. I mean, but but defensively, his defenses have always struggled. So, yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I agree with you, Eric. If a new Solomon plays, this game is a, a, a different. But I think Randall – but this is the thing. I think – if Rich Rod is a smart head coach, which he is, he's proven to be. I mean, his track record shows that. If he's a smart head coach, he just relies he relies on his running game and defense, and he makes his game real basic against Stanford, which I think plays into Stanford's hands. But I mean, you really show what what kind of team and moxie uh, what what type of team you have and how much moxie they really have and how physical they are if they can beat Stanford at their own game. I I, I don't think they will. And that's not their style of offense. Like they're, they're quick, they're fast paced. You know, it's, it's going to be a complete change in philosophy almost if they have to, yeah, the, the, the smart thing to do is to run the ball, control the clock and don't give the ball to the other team. But when you fast paced, it, I, they're just going to give the ball right back to Stanford. And Stanford is is obviously a Stanford too smart for you to just dumb it down for them. You you, you can't dumb anything down for some of the smartest kids in the country. So I, I, I don't know. I, I think this is a really, really bad week and a bad matchup for Arizona. I could be wrong, but it ain't looking too good this week. Yeah, I tend I mean, to agree with you, especially with the quarterback possibly being out and, of course, Scooby Wright being out. The one issue that I, I'm a big Stanford fan. I love David Shaw. I love what Jim Harbaugh built there. I love seeing that team succeed. But I'm I'm very concerned about Kevin Hogan and that wide receiving core. I mean, they have no playmakers like Ty Montgomery from last year. I mean, you always encounter him to once or twice get behind a defense and catch a long pass. I, I don't think they have a, a, a wide receiver over 150 yards um, this entire season in four games. I mean, so this, this wide receiving core is going to have to start making some plays, and Kevin Hogan is going to have to start making some dynamic plays at quarterback in order to to give the running game a break because if any team can put eight nine in the box and start to stop the running game can kevin hogan go over the top and actually make plays and so far the season they haven't been able to do it and the only team that really was able to take advantage of them not being able to do it was northwestern yes i agree and also don't don't forget that 
this could be a potential trap game for Stanford because they're looking at a uh, Arizona team missing their starting quarterback. And mm -hmm. the next week they actually have to play UCLA. So they, they could get caught looking ahead at that. I know you were happy about uh, Barry Sanders Jr. He got um he got his playing time. I think he had like an 80, 90 yard touchdown run. About time, yeah. man. He's their <laughs> most talented running back, and he refuses to put him on the field. Like I don't know what he's doing with that with that kid McAfee. I just don't. I'm sorry. I don't want to digress, but I don't McCaffrey. know what he's McCaffrey. Ma Ma whatever. McAfee McCaffrey. Don't say anything you don't mean. You know how you get. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll start getting disrespectful with people's names. Yeah, you You're calm right. down. You're right. All right. So, Eric, we we got West Virginia Oklahoma player. I know. I know you're excited about this. I know you're excited about this. What's what's your, what's your boy's name? Go ahead and shout it out one time. Javon Durant. Right. Shout out to Miramar. All right. Shout out to us. So so listen. Here, here's the deal, man. West Virginia is a very 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 interesting team. Uh, they they have a pretty good chance here in October. All right, it's a brutal schedule, but they they got a really good and unique opportunity with the teams they got coming up. Uh, real briefly, at Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, at Baylor, at TCU. Tough schedule, but a very unique opportunity. Um, probably one of the better offenses in the country, along with some of the other teams that I just named. Um, I like West Virginia. I, I like their explosiveness. I love their offense. Their defense is better than advertised. Um, I they, they've given Oklahoma fits the last couple of years. The scores have been uh, 50 to 49 Oklahoma, 45-33 Oklahoma, 16-7 at Oklahoma. So West Virginia plays them tough. I don't think they're scared of them. Uh, I think the one thing that that Oklahoma has always leaned on is a run game, and that's that's been absent with uh with, with the with the shift in offense to this um this air raid attack. So I don't know. I think that's going to play into West Virginia's hands, and I, I think you're going to have a really really explosive game. All right, Eric, let me stop you right now. That defense has been untested. They played Georgia Southern, Liberty, and Maryland. So you can't say they're better than advertised. They, they haven't played anybody yet. And that's, that's what scares me about this game because Oklahoma has had to put has been in some struggles, and they know who they are as a team right now. And I don't think West Virginia does, but I could be wrong. Am I wrong, Brian? Uh oh, I think we lost Brian. Uh, but yeah, they scare me as a team because I'm not sure they they, they haven't had to play anybody yet. And I can agree with that. This is the first real test, and and Baker Mayfield may may go out there and and expose this this West Virginia defense that's number one in scoring defense in the nation. But like I said, playing a Georgia Southern who is just now getting their feet wet in Division One, And then Liberty, come on, man. Liberty is, is, is a, what, an FCS school? And then Maryland, who, I don't know what Maryland was thinking by going to the Big Ten. They're not big, they're not a Big Ten type school. They're more of an ACC type school where they left. They, I mean, and I just don't know if that says West Virginia deserves to be ranked number 23 because I don't think they do. I just don't. Maybe I'm wrong, Brian. Am I wrong? I mean, you you definitely touched on it. They haven't played anybody for us to judge them off of. I'm 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 as confused about this West Virginia team as any team in the nation right now. Um, but they do have talent, as Eric touched on. They got some playmakers out there. The two playmakers I really like to focus on with that team are um, Wendell Smallwood and Russell Shell. 
the the running back transferred out of Pitt. I mean, both of them I think are over 200 yards in the season. They're kind of a dual a dual threat or a, you know a tag team back there in the backfield. They're able to run the ball again, not against great competition. But Oklahoma, I'm not. I, I like them preseason. I was not impressed against Tennessee. They got. I don't want to say they got lucky. They had to really make a strong comeback in the fourth after being dominated for three quarters. And then they gave up 38 points to Tulsa last week, kind of in an under-the-radar game. They only won that game 52 to 38. I think they've got some 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 real glaring weaknesses on defense. And I think West Virginia should be able to exploit some of those. So I don't know. I'm confused about this one. Uh, uh, you know what? I'm not, I have nothing to say. Let's get to these picks. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to say. Let's get to these picks. I have nothing. nothing. So, all right, Eric, I'll let you go first. Since you, you you got home 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 team on West Virginia, you going West Virginia with this? You got West listen, Virginia. Man, listen, since you since since you gonna kick it off with this game and call me out like this, I'm gonna go West Virginia. I'm I'm calling for an upset this week, man. Upset Saturday. I'm going West Virginia. Um, I think like like Brian alluded to, um, West Virginia can both run the ball and pass the ball. Um, I, I don't think I think if this was the Oklahoma to pass and you had a team that could uh, could could run the ball like they have been in the past and really control the clock, I'd give it to uh, give it to Oklahoma. But I'm gonna go West Virginia this time and uh, and Miramar. Shout out to Miramar. What are you doing, man? I'm sorry. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> okay. I, I, all right. Now I'm I'm sorry, but you said Oklahoma can't run the ball. I just don't think they've established a Samaj Perine. They don't run the ball. Right That's now. not what they do. They okay. air raid. They okay. don't run the I'm ball. So, you're right. But Brian, who you got? This one's tough because I, I think West Virginia has a ton of talent, and they actually scare me as a team that's going to pull off some upsets in the Big 12 this year. Um, but but being the first road game for them this year at a place like Oklahoma, and I feel like this is a big game for Bob Soups. He's lost a lot of big games the past couple of years when his team's supposed to take that next step. I want to put my trust in Bob Stoops, and I'm probably going to be wrong, but I'm going to put my trust in Bob Stoops. I think Baker Mayfield, Samaje P. Ryan, and Sterling Shepard make enough plays I think it's a shootout. I'm thinking like 49-44, but I think Oklahoma makes enough plays to get the, to get the W. Uh, okay, I think I, I agree. I think both teams come locked and loaded, and the defense are gonna end up being shell shocked with the amount of touchdowns that are put up on the board. And but I do think West Virginia, they're not ready just yet. They haven't been tested. And, you know, normally you find out after the first couple of weeks what who your team is, but they haven't done that yet because they haven't faced anybody worthy of any competition. Grant, Because when you beat teams 44 to nothing, 41 to 17, and they Liberty scored the most points on them. That's the scary part. Liberty <laughs> put up 17 points in 40, 45 to 6. You ain't garbage. Yeah, garbage you ain't. Time. You ain't played nobody, man. So I'm going Bob Stoops. I, I just think Bob is going to pull this one off. So Arizona Stanford. You know what? I'll go first. I'm going Stanford. I'm 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 not silly enough to to try to put 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 my eggs in uh Rich Rod's basket because I don't think Rich Rod is smart enough to make good pancakes with those eggs. <laughs> <laughs> This one, um, if a new Solomon plays, I think it can be a very close ball game. I, 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 I have gotten burned 
about four or five times in the past four years betting on Kevin Hogan. <laughs> but um, at home in this in this chance to, to really put a, a stamp on their their uh, at 12 North front runner um, um, situation, I think Stanford gets to win at home. I just don't think Arizona can play in a phone booth with these guys on the offensive line. So I got Stanford. I'm- I'm, I'm going to piggyback off of that. And with, with that defense is giving up 48 points a game, they can't stop anybody at all. And, and that's trouble. This, this, this isn't the, the, uh, the big 12 where it's going to be a shootout, man. You, you're going to have to meet them boys in the, in the back alley. And I don't think they can do it. Stanford's too smart, too physical. I'm going Stanford. True. It, when you said trouble, man, it just popped in my head. I know it's, it's, it's quick. It, it's not on topic, but all I could think about was Bernie back saying it's going to be trouble. trouble. trouble, trouble. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Brian, I'm going to let you go first on this. Yeah, one. please. Who you, please. Who you got, my man? You got uh, Ole Miss, Florida. <laughs> I think Ole Miss is a, is a great football team, and Hugh Freeze has built a, a, a great program. And, uh, they, got, they got the recruiting going. They got the facilities going. They've got a ton of talent on that team. I do think that Chad Kelly played his best game against Alabama. I don't see him playing a game that good and getting that many lucky bounces against Florida. And let's not forget, Florida, the Swamp is still one of the biggest home field advantages in college football, rocking at night. The, the one other thing about that that uh, that ball game is the um, I think Hargraves has the ability to, to not totally shut down but neutralize the Quan Treadwell. And I think that if Chad Kelly um, – tries to challenge that Gator defense continually throughout the night, they're going to make enough plays. They're going to be a, a couple interceptions, a couple sacks, maybe a sack fumble, and the defense will give the offense momentum. And then I think Jim McElwain will just uh, find ways to get his playmakers the ball, which he did in the fourth quarter of this past game, Brandon Powell and Antonio Callaway. I think Florida pulls off the upset and really really puts a stamp on this season for the ones in blue. Oh, Eric, who you got, player? I know you're trying to pass it off to me, Eric. I know you're going to give me the silent treatment and try to make me go first because, you know, I'm a Florida alum and I root for the Gators. But you know what? And as soon as I start messing with Eric about this, he starts freezing. And, you know, he wants to say he's breaking up and he's having trouble hearing us. Hey, I can hear you now. I just couldn't see you. All right, here we go. Mm -hmm. Now, wait, wait, wait. You can't make me go. You got to go. Man, I can make you do whatever I want. You know, hey, yeah, hey, you I know what? That's okay. to do don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'll dish your team before you. Don't worry about it. Listen, I don't care. I hear what y'all saying. No, it's okay. No, all right, I got, I, I got it. Listen, I hear what y'all saying. Florida's so defense you is all miss, right? Florida, listen, you you didn't want to talk, so let me talk. You didn't want to talk, all right? So, so listen, Florida's defense is phenomenal, and 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 I do mean phenomenal. But that offense is so suspect. Y'all don't have a quarterback to save y'all life. And I just don't think – I think Ole Miss's defense is going to take advantage of that. Um, just like y'all saying, nobody's going into to, to Alabama and scared. Well, ain't nobody going into the swamp and scared either. Um, I think Ole Miss is going to go up there and take care of business. I don't think Chip, uh, uh, Chip Kelly – Chad Kelly's going to have a phenomenal game, but I don't think he's going to have a bad one. Um, I, think, I think Ole Miss gets it done this week. Okay, I hear what you're saying. But I think I need to bring back the tape on what you said about Chad Kelly just last week. You called that Two boy – Two weeks ago. No, last week when they played Alabama. That was, that was last week. We were talking. No, we were talking about him last week. Okay, whatever. You can bring up the tape. Bring up the tape. No, this this ain't Alabama. Alabama. And, and, and what you the thing the thing you got to remember is that Florida's offense is so trash that they gonna keep giving the ball back to Chad Kelly. And one thing you don't want to do is give the ball back to a a, a good quarterback or a lucky one. <laughs> so the more opportunities, the more offensive possessions you get, the better chance you have to score. I'm gonna go with Ole Miss. 
I got you. I know you're going with Ole Miss, man. Just because you just want to hate, 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 hate. It's because, you know, it's because of me and Brian's Florida bond that you want to hate on this. And, you know, you bet me to get bet against Florida, even though Florida is at home. And that's cool and all. And I'm not afraid to bet against Florida with Florida being at home. I have no no qualms about going against Florida. But I honestly think that Ole Miss might be slightly overrated. And I say this because in that <clears> – <throat> listen, in the second half of that Alabama game, Ole Miss defense failed to show up. Do we, can we agree? They failed to show up. And, and, and when when you when it's a tell of two halves, when you have Kim Dietschy going all out be in the backfield, break you know, blowing everything up, it, it, they, they just didn't do it. Alabama played a, a phenomenal game in the, in the second half, and so you know, it, it's just one of those things. I think I I think Ole Miss has enough to pull it off. But I don't think it's going to be a huge blowout. I don't think Chad Kelly has a phenomenal game. I think Florida loses in a close game, maybe by a field goal. But, I I mean, I do know that Ole Miss is the better team right now. I'm, I'm not dumb enough to say that Ole Miss is not better. And so, you know, I'm going with Ole Miss. And no, Eric, I don't want to go with Florida. I'm- yeah, you do. You know you want to go with Florida. You know you want to go with Florida. It's all right. You know I would want to go with Florida just because you know it's it's the alma mater, but not because. It, it, but I don't. I'm not going to. I'm not picking them because you know of sentimental reasons. I just don't think they're ready just yet for this type of win. I, so I, I'm, I'm by myself. They have no quarterback. They have no offense. Just call it what it is. Will Greer grew up last week. That defense is. Will Greer did not grow up last week. Will Greer is not this quarter. I'm really lucky. Ain't nothing on that offense. Or at least ain't no quarterback. Ain't no head. I mean, there there is no quarterback that's going to go in and be able to pull off a win like beating Ole Miss. I know they're at home. And it'd be great for Florida to win. I, I the Florida fan in me is Man. rooting for Florida. Y'all, who y'all done left up and beat y'all? Y'all barely beat Kentucky. Listen, oh, okay, we're not aggressive. We're not aggressive. Right, hold on, who else was it? Don't let, don't get me started. Y'all winning game. Hey, hey, we're not. Just cut it out. That's okay. Just cut it out. All right, we're not aggressive. <laughs> All right, Alabama, Georgia. Eric, I'm gonna give you first dibs to Alabama. You ain't went first yet. Why you won't go first? I did go first. Well, I went first. All right, no, I got Stanford. it. Don't worry about it. Listen, you already know who I'm going with. Roll Tide. I'm going with this Alabama defense. I actually, I love Georgia, man. I actually really, really like Georgia. I think Georgia will end up in the uh, the SEC championship. Maybe a possible rematch. Um, but I like, I like Alabama. I think they got something to prove. I think they're gonna show that that Ole Miss game was a fluke. And that Chad Kelly came in and did what he did by luck. They're going to come in and show out. I don't think Nick Chubb gets 100 yards. You know what? Don't be disrespectful. See, now that's just being disrespectful. That is being disrespectful. And you know what? I actually like Georgia. I do. And I think 
Alabama's defense, suspect defense is going to come up. The passing defense is going to come back to bite them in the ass. Their pass defense is suspect, Eric. You can frow your, you can furl your eyebrows. You know, you can roll your eyes all you want, but their all them passing stats were from lucky touchdowns and big plays, and you know it. You stop it. Give me but a legitimate play. Give me a legitimate big play on that Alabama defense. Give me a legitimate one. Give me a legitimate one. Don't give me that lucky. Oh, he threw the ball up and tipped the ball. Give me a legitimate. Get out of here with that. I like what they have as far as talent wise in the Alabama secondary, (laughs) but as far as, you know, but as far as them being ready in this game, I just don't think coming up against Georgia where Georgia has showed that once they establish that rushing game, that Grayson Lambert knows how to pick and choose his spots. And I think that's what's going to happen right now. He's going to pick and choose his spots and he's been very efficient. You just gave me the biggest if in the country. You know what? I'm going with Georgia. I am. You just, you just gave me the biggest if in the country. If if Georgia can establish the run, that's the biggest if well, in the hell, SEC Alabama, in the country. So yeah, it's it's, it's if Alabama establishes a goddamn passing attack too. They they don't have to. The the reason they, they lost because they didn't establish the run. That's not why they lost. Alabama lost because they didn't run the ball. They turned no, the Alabama, ball. No, Alabama lost that game because they had five turnovers. That's yeah, why they yeah, lost and that game. Three of them happened on special teams, not offense. I understand, but I didn't say they're going to lose because they're going to turn the ball over. I'm just, I think they're going to lose because it's going to be a hard fought game. It's going to be three uh, three yards and a cloud of dust type game. And I just think Georgia has you the better Georgia, running backs. Right. Yes, I do. I just think Georgia has the better running backs when you get in that type of football game. I think we lost Brian again. Uh, can y'all hear me? Oh, we can hear you, Brian. Oh, I'm sorry, Brian. We we you you disappeared. I didn't know if you were there. Me, you know, we get into it real quick. So who you got? <laughs> so Georgia, Alabama. Yeah, now nah, with this one, it really just comes down to the fact that Alabama's already got their one loss. Like they pretty much get one loss a year, and they kind of shocked them early in the season. That'll refocus this football team. The Georgia wide receiving core, the longest catch on the season is 33 yards, and that's against subpar competition. If you can only get 33 yards as your longest pass against subpar competition, I don't see you making any big plays against Alabama. The other thing is the last time Alabama or Georgia was in this position had was favored at home against Alabama was that fateful night back in 2008 where Alabama went in there and just smoked them. And I think this has all the makings of that type of matchup. I think Alabama goes and gets the win on the road. I think they win by double digits. You know what? I, I'll be the I'll be the only one that go that rolls with 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 Florida. I mean, with Georgia. I'm okay with that. You know, I I went against my Florida Gators, and I'm going against Alabama. I mean, I don't I don't know what's going on with me tonight. I'm feeling a little. You know, I'm feeling a little risque. So we got Notre Dame, Clemson. So Eric, you say I don't go first, right? You, you said that, right? I, I need to go first. It's about time. Man up. You ain't man up with your Florida team. At least man up with this one. Hold on. This coming from the same dude that just said he'll pick against Illinois and Chicago all Absolutely. in the same I, That's because I'm so smart. That's so nothing to do with that. And I'll go first if you made me choose. Hey, who the Bears got this week? I don't know. Somebody that's going to whoop that. <laughs> the Bears got North Dakota State. Let's go with North Dakota State. Yeah, North Dakota State in a, in a shocker. <laughs> All right, so you know what? Clemson needs to redeem themselves at home versus ranked opponents. They do. Well, well, I shouldn't even say yes, versus ranked opponents, because the last time they had a game this big, they got whooped. 
Notre Dame has a lot, to, a lot to prove because they haven't been able to win on the road in big games. It, but I think Clemson has more on the line because they're fighting with Florida State right now for ACC supremacy. And I actually think Deshaun Watson is going to have a big game against that Notre Dame defense. I mean, Notre Dame played well against Georgia Tech, but Georgia Tech, we all knew, wanted to run the ball. So if you got to stop the run, it's a lot easier to stop the run. Dabo Sweeney has record, recruited very well with that Clemson just Clemson, period. He has talent on defense, as y'all have touched on, and he has talent on offense. And I think he has more talent and more speed to put on the field, especially playing at night in in Death Valley wannabe town in Clemson because the true Death Valley is in LSU at night. We Nobody can disagree with that. And – I do think Clemson is going to be able to pull off. I wouldn't call it an upset. I would just call it a a, a, a game between two evenly matched and, and teams. And I just think Clemson is able to pull it off. It's not going to be by a lot. I think it'll be close, but I do. I am rocking with Clemson. Yeah, I like um, I, I like this matchup. I think I, I can't wait to watch this game. I think pound for pound, as you kind of alluded to, this is the most even matchup. Um, pound for pound on, on the board this week. I mean, you got everybody across the board is playmakers. The D line versus the D line at Clemson. The secondary versus. I mean, this is an evenly matched game except for one position. That one position is quarterback. Deshaun Watson is a little bit more dynamic than Deshaun than uh, Kaiser, and he has much more experience. I in, unless Kaiser has a little bit of Jameis Winston in him, and can go in there and do that. If we gonna do it, do it big then before the game and get those boys ready to go. I don't see them going into Death Valley and uh, and getting the win. So I like Clemson in a close one. Eric, man, I I I agree with you guys. You um, know what, Brian? Hold up, hold up. Before you pick, Brian, you know what this is turning into. As soon as he just started, this is going to be like when he's going to say we forced him to pick the Bills. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be just like that. I'm, I, oh, go ahead, Eric. I'm I, sorry. First of all, for the record, I never said you forced me to pick the Bills. I picked the Bills. If it was one team that you did convince me to pick, it was Auburn over LSU. I was all about <laughs> LSU, and I picked Auburn. That's the one. That's the one game for sure. That y'all talked me out of, and I, I said, you, and I, said I wouldn't let it happen again. Don't make an excuse. And so I'm gonna keep on going with that, and I'm go going with Notre Dame. Dame. You said you want to say see, I'm going with Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. I'm I'm picking Notre Dame, and I can't stand Notre Dame. I don't like them, but uh, um, in the spirit of being unbiased and just thinking of this purely from a, a football perspective, um, I, I look at all the adversity, man, that that Notre Dame has had to go through right now, and and they found a way to win, and good teams find a way to win. Notre Dame is more than talented. I, I think y'all forgetting that the Golden Domers probably get more talent than just about anybody in the country. So to, to say that Clemson is recruiting well is is like, yeah, okay, that's cool. But get, give me Notre Dame in this matchup. Um, I, I think they're going to run the ball well, actually, on, on Clemson's defense. I'm going Notre Dame. In a, in you know a, what, Eric, I'm going to leave you with this. I'm not, I'm not going to leave you with anything oh, I should say. That was a bad choice. No, go right. I'm gonna let you go with your one last thing for the people. Since you want to go with Notre Dame, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you Notre Dame. I'm gonna we're, we're, we'll see who 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 pans out because we all went against the grain in with one of our picks. You went with West Virginia. We all went with Stanford because you know that's smart money right there. You mean Oklahoma? No, I'm talking about Stanford over Arizona. Oh, oh, you going to the you next went one. with West Virginia? Yeah. But 
you know, we all went against the grain with one of our picks. So it's it's about that time in the show. It, it's give us your one last thing, Eric. What you got for us this week? Well, it, one last thing. I'm gonna highlight another team. Um, this is this is a team. <laughs> he ain't gonna like it. He ain't gonna like it. But I'm gonna go with it, man. I'm looking at you, Miami Hurricanes. I'm looking at the Canes. I'm looking at okay. Okay, I can respect that. All right, now let now let me tell you why. Okay, the numbers the numbers say that the Canes are a top twenty five defense, a top thirty offense in the country. That's what the numbers say. Um, But if you watch the Canes, it doesn't look that good. Um, Nobody in Miami is happy about that. Nobody's excited about that. We talk about this almost on a daily basis. Um, I, 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 however, I think they got a really unique opportunity. Georgia Tech is two and two and zero and one in the conference. Um, and on that side, on the Coastal Division, you got uh, Duke, North Carolina, and Georgia Tech. I think if they can, they, they got a really unique opportunity to win the Coastal and get to the ACC championship. And I think that starts this week with Cincy and then Florida State. Don't sleep on that Florida State matchup. If they win that game, we off and running. Just saying. I like that. Okay. I like that. Okay, Brian. What you got for your one last thing? So typically I go with the upset pick, but I'm gonna switch it up this week. I gotta give a little shout out to my um, my my service academies. Um, as as y'all know, I played at Navy, and this week we got one of our rivalry games, um, Navy versus Air Force. So if you want to see some good disciplined football in a rivalry game, um, 3:30 on CBS Sports Network. Um, Navy's off to a three and zero start this year, two and zero in the conference. We beat UConn by double digits, beat East Carolina by double digits. And we've got a player by the name of Keenan Reynolds at quarterback who's on the verge of breaking the rushing touchdown record in Division One. He's got 73 on his career. The record is 77 held by Monte Ball. So if Reynolds stays healthy, um, he should break that record. So if you want to just tune in and see some, see, see some service academy football, um, it should be a pretty good game. It's always a good rivalry. And um, hopefully some people tune in and check out check out my old school. You know what, Brian? It, it people would, I, I think more people would watch if it wasn't on CBS yeah. Sports <laughs> And at 3.30. Yes. At 3.30. Yes. Nobody's long. watching that game. Going on. Yeah. <laughs> I might even be only be flipping to that one every now and then. <laughs> All right. So before we go, Eric, you remember how I said that UCF was like the third best team in the state of Florida based off of what happened in last season and the previous season, right? I, I did say that. Um. Well, they have fallen very, <laughs> very far. UCF might possibly be one of the worst teams in, in just period, point blank, playing college football. I don't care what division you go to. They are horrible. They're last in the in in I, I, you can say division one. I, I still like saying division one in offense. And defense, damn. Offense and defense, and that's not a that, that's a hard task to pull. Yeah, and they lost to FIU. Yeah, and Furman, <laughs> <laughs> and Stanford. <laughs> yep, they got work to do. <laughs> oh, a whole lot of work to do. I'm gonna tell you, I interned at UCF back in 2004. They went winless. Have you ever been around a program that went winless? Well, I, I actually have. We were 0 10 my my freshman year in Navy. <laughs> Illinois, hey, hey, when I got there, Illinois was like two and something. So yeah, no, been, been around that been around that quite a bit, man. Oh man, but 
but more <laughs> 0 and 10, 11, 12, that's very demoralizing oh, for and UCF looks like they're headed for another one of those. And that'll be the second under George O'Leary's watch at UCF. George O'Leary right now is pulling double duty as AD and head coach. I think it's about time for him to give up one. And the one he needs to give up is probably the head coaching duties of UCF's football team. Yeah, I think he's peaked. I think you're right. When they had Bortles, they were pretty good, but it's been rough since then. It has been. Well, Eric, did you want to say something before we before we go? Uh, one more thing with the Hurricanes, man. They're second in the nation in interceptions led by my cousin, Artie Burns. Okay. I All right, that. that's not my cousin, but. Hey, you know what? Nobody would have ever known that if you didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody would ever know that if you didn't say anything. Shout out so, to the U, man. I want to see the U succeed. Let's go, man. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, thank you for tuning in. You know, we had a slight technical difficulty, you know, and that that's my fault. But uh, it I don't think it's going to mess with the show. But you can find us. You know what? I just moved us over to SoundCloud. So if you're part of the SoundCloud cloud website, you know, if you join SoundCloud, look us up uh, at us. You can find us at Random Discourse, you know, it's Oh, tell a friend, tell a friend, you know, find us SoundCloud, Stitcher, um, iTunes, subscribe, like, join. We'll, we'll be here every, what, by the time you listen to this, if you're, if you, by the time you listen to this, it'll be Wednesday, Thursday, um, to get you ready and, you know, get you ready for NFL, get you ready for college football. Uh, anything else you want to leave people with, Brian, Eric, before we go? I just um, it's, it's been an amazing season so far. I mean, every I just love Saturdays waking up and just knowing that you're going to be entertained for like 12 hours. So this, this Saturday should be no different. I'm really looking forward to it.